back talking all things Mr. Robot season three because this season is lit. Spoilers beware. With me as always is my friend, our Mr. Producer. Hello, Will. Hello, Sarah. How are you doing tonight? Well, I, I got through the intro, so my job's done, right? Your job is completely done. We can just okay, like, good. yeah, roll out. We'll just, you know, let the uh, theory spirals and, and uh, stage two go. Stage two, yeah, we'll talk about stage two for sure, because we have an expert also on the call. We have a guest host. She's been here before. She came back for more. Alyssa, hello, friend. Hi, I am back. <laughs> you were back, and you're just you're just talking a lot of theories. You have my mind, and I feel like I can't do this show now because I'm just like <laughs> Alyssa knows way too much way too much more than I do about the show these days. It's crazy. I am fan. <laughs> <laughs> you're, I think you've gone beyond the fan part. You're, you're totally <laughs> fans. You're, you're like... Immersion's too intense. Yeah, you're, you're like epic stan. The ARG has broken me. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you tell our listeners about the ARG? Just so um, <laughs> What well, I don't really know how to sum it up, but basically the ARG has been going on since... Uh, somewhat since season one, mostly season two, and it's an augmented reality game. Um, so basically, the show taking place in transcending into reality. Um, so a lot of the sites that you see pop up during the episodes, you can find at home on your own computer, <laughs> and they're all linked in a way. This season, we don't really know yet, and <laughs> we're trying to find out. And there are a lot of puddles. So. There's a lot of puddles. <laughs> so, yeah. I'll let that explain itself. A lot of rabbit I am holes. I'm so curious about the puddles. Yeah, I am too. <laughs> so, where, where, can, where, where can we find the ARG? Um, if you go onto Reddit, it's I think it's linked in the Mr. Robot subreddit. It's also our ARG society. And from there, you can also find the Discord that we all communicate in. Um, you can hop on our shit post Fridays if that's what you're, you like to do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, nerds beware. This is, this is exactly why we have a show called Cena nerds. So that you can <laughs> hear about these things and their fandom, they can just go out into the interwebs and excel. So, so do it, do it now. Join Alyssa. You're crazy. Um, all right, so a few episodes ago, Will and I gave our quick review about the episode entitled Legacy. Alyssa, what did you think about that Tyrell eccentric episode? I liked it a lot. I mean, the the title of it alone gave a lot away about what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the legacy is kind of like a referring to old technology, or I think it just is like the flashback nature of the episode. And we also learn about how important it is for Tyrell's legacy to be served by what's upcoming in stage two. Um, I also like how much it showed us about Irving, who is, like I said earlier, my <laughs> new favorite character. Agreed. Definitely yes. agreed there. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're, I did, we're all I unified did hate, there. Yeah. I did hate a little bit, like a week of Mr. Robot that didn't bring the plot forward. and But, I mean, it did fill up a plot hole. Um, but you know, I still felt like we lost a bit of going forward this in this current time period. 
but yeah. it was good. I liked it. Yeah, we we talked about that a little bit on our previous show, and even even uh, prior to taping tonight about, um, and and also a prior show with when we had Akira, uh, hello friend, with us. How even though season two was in in many ways a you know doldrums you know sophomore slump of the season, um, it was necessary, and and this episode legacy really was almost Sam's apology to us as a band for yeah. making us, you know, you know, for some of the missteps they, they, that they, they made in season two. But that being said, if we didn't have all those points in season two and, and sort of fleshing out and slowing down the pace somewhat, we, we really couldn't have the season three that we're having right now. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it was like an apology, and I've seen a lot of people talking about it being a retcon kind of episode of po- of types. But I think it all sort like it all the way that it's structured in the timeline and this episode coming now, I think all makes sense. Um, but yeah, I could definitely see why people think it was not so great. <laughs> I'm just glad that we got to f- find out what happened in that arcade because that was bothering yeah. Yeah. me all throughout season two. <laughs> Like I don't care what's going on with Elliot. I care about Tyrell. Where is he? Yeah. <laughs> and then to have it like orchestrated so that Irving was there. Yeah, I can see how people are saying that's retcon, but at the same time, it's like, well, we didn't have Irving before, so of course we're not gonna learn about that part until we know about that character in the present day timeline. So it just it worked for me and. Alyssa, what did you think about Tyrell's um, interrogation scene? (laughs) Um, I mean, I think it was I think it was pretty self-explanatory. I think that they were testing Tyrell's truth, not truthfulness, but I think the really big thing was um, like when they ended it on him saying that he's faithful to Elliot. I think that was a big thing. But for me, the big um, thing that stood out to me was that parallel of it with um angela's interview with white rose mm-hmm. which to be honest i still have no idea what the hell's going on because the <laughs> conversation with white rose and angela is still very foggy to me um but there's there are a lot of specifics with how they were xing off tyrell's answers and like how some things were really contradictory like asking tyrell if he's ever slept with someone and he eventually says yes but then says that he hasn't cheated on his wife. It it like it was revealing a lot of stuff about the nature of Tyrell and Joanna's relationship. You know why he's all a part of this hack. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I could do go on th- and on forever. But <laughs> do you think that Tyrell is still faithful to Elliot at that point in time in the episode? Yes, I think that was the one thing that was driving him while he was stuck in that cabin. And I think that they were almost testing that to be sure, mm-hmm. because otherwise, um, you know, he wouldn't have been working as hard as he was on stage two if there wasn't that promise of him getting back with Elliot. Right. right. But now that he's back with Elliot, there's clearly a breakdown in that. In that. Yeah. Phase. I mean, and if so you ask what... me, yeah, if you ask me that question again, based on the last two episodes, then my answer would be no. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's interesting. I like how you phrased it. If you ask me that question again, which is what happened in that interrogation scene where he just kept getting asked the same question <laughs> over and over again. I did and not then, yeah. intend that. <laughs> and then his, but, but it's, it's, I don't want to say it's a coincidence because I don't believe in that, but I'm just saying. <laughs> That's how I <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So any other points that you wanted to bring about up about legacy before we get into metadata? Um, I mean, I think what I said before, I love Irving. He's my new favorite character. And I just love how self-aware he is. Like before he walks into the arcade, like we have all these big, high and mighty characters in the show who have their like moments with monologues and stuff. But Irving just straight up goes in there and he's like, all right, I'm going to go in and monologue a bit. And then he goes in and asks the Dark Army guys about how the Pontiac's treating him. Like, at the same time, he's doing this whole illegal thing, but he's still faithful and takes pride in his, you know, car salesmanship. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I like that a lot. Do you guys think one of the more appealing aspects about Irving is the fact that we don't know his connection to White Rose in the sense of why he's so faithful to her? Yeah, mm -hmm. I think that's one of the major things. Yeah, um, and a lot of that, too, has changed with this episode, because we know that Irving is kind of a liar. <laughs> oh, just, not, not just kind of, he is. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, but I think it's very, you know, and it's very fitting that he is a used car salesman uh, who, you know, basically, you know, talks up Tyrell on, on more than one occasion to continue in order to continue the mission because, um, you know, whether, you know, with Tyrell, whether in a cabin and Tyrell's having all these feelings about being fatherhood and, and, and you know, Irving just like makes up this whole story about, you know, his quote unquote family and, and uh, you know, and, and we see it again uh, in uh, later subsequent episodes, as far as just you know, lying to Ty Tyrell about Joanna and and son, even though they know that they're no, you know, he, she's she's dead now. But um, it, it, you know, I think that's one of the more interesting things about Irving, and also you know, whereas all these other folks are really good at computers and hacking and all that kind of stuff, he's kind of like. You know, the, the the average guy who is just driving this thing forward without all these tech skills. Yeah, yeah. No, I I agree with that. Um, let's fast forward to metadata because there is a critical scene between Irving and Angela in that episode, <laughs> and I ain't talking about ribs, guys. Oh. <laughs> Those ribs do look good though. <laughs> they do look good, but. I love that conversation so much because it's just they they tell you a lot without really saying too much about really is what what's happening or the true motivations of the characters so it's a very simple simplistic conversation but at the same time there's some subtext going on there and um i it just stood out to me well i mean one of the interesting things about that conversation um and it, it gets into some of the the theories that have been surrounding the show uh, this season about what White Rose's ultimate endgame is, and one of the one of them is you know we saw at the end of episode one during the beginning of episode one you know panning out into this massive something 
and you know particle collider some sort of some sort of thing and of course (laughs) we've gotten into all you know and you know and Irving's conversation with Angela about technology and like you know you know are these really ribs or is this something else (laughs) (laughs) but it also gets into you know White Rose's preoccupation with time and of course many people have run with that thinking that White Rose is creating some kind of time machine or something like that based off Angela's conversations that she's had with Elliot. And um, so, you know, what are your thoughts? And, and uh, in particular, uh, Alyssa, well, I'd like to hear what you what you think is sort of that subtext that's going on there. Is it is it a time About machine or is this something else, some other what? larger thing that uh, White Rose is trying to achieve? With the conversation between Irving and Angela. That's, yeah. Over the ribs. Yeah. The breakfast ribs. Yeah. I do just want to say, too, I like the Matrix call out in that scene. As anti-sci-fi and simulations as I am with the theories, I do like the Matrix call out. I don't know if you guys remember that scene mm-hmm. where Cypher is talking about the delicious, like, virtual steak that he's yep. he's having. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I thought about that a lot. Um, but I... I just, I don't like that whole shift into the sci-fi genre, so I almost think, because I see Irving as this guy who will say whatever it is, he never really, like, reveals how he truly feels, and he'll just say whatever will make one of the recruits happy, and he's very manipulative. Um, So when Angela, like, stares at him all beady-eyed about, did you see it too, did White Rose show you too, I kind of thought that he was lying to her, and that he didn't. And that he just starts, you know, waxing poetic about technological in- innovations in, in ribs. And that's when Angela is like, I'm not talking about ribs. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. I thought it was almost deceptive of him. And I'm not really sure exactly, but I just didn't. I just don't believe that he. I don't, I don't know. I don't think it was fully revealing how he's connected to. Um, white rose either that was another thing like we still don't really know how how he's connected to her and i don't think that he ever really got brainwashed so to speak as far as angela did so okay that makes a lot of sense because it's an assumption that he was shown just purely off of what he what he said but it's um it he's a he's a liar he's a con artist and you're right mm-hmm. he does he does say he's like very fixer guy running around. Yeah, yeah, he's very tax tactful about the words he uses when he's t- talking about things with people because he knows what to say and what not to say. Um, so, so I never consider that, but I think that's a legitimate possibility. Um, I just, I just wonder if that's the reason why they left the conversation where they did with Angela realizing that Irving doesn't know the full scope of what he's, mm-hmm. what he's dealing with because it definitely he hasn't did drop it. off. The conversation definitely dropped off pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And Angela, yeah. like when she was confronted by White Rose, whatever it was that White Rose, White Rose told her, whether it was some sort of brainwashing tactic or like a some sort of like metaphorical carrot on a stick thing, like something pulled Angela in so strongly. And I don't, I don't know if Irving is that caught up in their whole timeline. You know, does he have a parent that went missing or something, you know, over the past 30 years? Um, So I think Angela knows that. I feel like she thinks at least that no one can relate as strongly as her to this whole ultimate cause. Mm 
And I think she finally feels powerful and like she's some chosen one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, I think that's. Well, <laughs> I know me. it sounds a bit like grandiose, but. Well, no, it, it makes I just, sense. there's there's a point that I wanted to bring up in runtime error that relates to that statement. Mm. But go ahead, Will. Yeah. yeah well, it's, just, get, it's very culty, basically. It is very culty. And I mean, and I think, you know. You know, given how White Rose and, to, and you raised a very good point about how Irving is also very manipulative and say, will say anything to, you know, help White Rose achieve her mission. Um, I think, you know, thinking back to Angela and her whole crusade to find out what happened at the uh, the township um, at the at the plant. I think White Rose t- clearly used that as a way to to manipulate her and, and convince her that she has the the answer to what angela's been seeking all this time and i think that was sort of the, the carrot to, to to lure her in um i don't know how much irving knows about her backstory i mean i think he, he, he knows enough that you know again he will say what he needs to say to to get her to to, to you know continue to do white rose spitting yeah, it's definitely possible that after their interview or conversation that she took Angela to to the physical plant. Because you know that scene when she goes to see her lawyer after she shows up in the, the big car. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, also interesting that they had they included this scene in a very Darlene focused episode where you have the exact opposite happening with Dar- Darlene where she's coming to terms with every her f- full involvement with F society. And now she's working with FBI and what that means and the stakes she's dealing with in terms of her relationship with her brother. I mean, as far as Darlene, as far as how she's changed from her, her focus from, you know, season two, which was very, you know, driven to, to see this mission through to now she's like, oh, you know, whatever, you know, I think she, you know, her motivations now, I think clearly are trying to protect Elliot from, from the FBI and also from himself. And he has encouraged her to do so. I mean, it, you know, even to the point of, of having her, you know, stay in, in Shayla's apartment, which, you know, was, was a nice call back to season one. And, and also, I think, um, you know, really sort of fleshed out how some way Shayla was kind of uh, protective of Elliot in a relationship. Um, and so it was, you know, kind of fitting that Darlene in this new role of, like, protecting Elliot from himself when he transitions over to Mr. Robot was, was keeping an eye on him. Um and, you know, following him, basically, when he left to go at 2 a.m. To, to meet up with Angela to, um, you know, talk about, uh, you know, furthering the effort for stage two. Mr. Robot. Yeah, Mr. Did. Robot did, yeah. Yeah, because that's a very big distinction this season when we're talking about Darlene. Because it's interesting to me that in season one, we're introduced to her character as an ally to Mr. Robot. And then in this season, she is very weary. Anytime there's a possibility that she's not talking to Elliot anymore, but she's talking to quote unquote him. And I, and I think that's really, 
a good arc for her to have over the course of the series because if you had told me this is the Darlene we would get in season three all the way back in season one I wouldn't have believed you because it feels like her character has completely done a 180 on us and especially when you compare that to Angela and how Angela's now crossed over into dark army territory and she's willing to put her relationship with Elliot on the line for those opposing reasons like it's always I find it fascinating what Sam does in terms of the character Darlene and Angela relationship that is more of a parallel and placing them on opposing perspectives so that you can see the full scope of the issues, especially as they pertain to Elliot. I mean, we as the viewers too have kind of done a 180, you know, in the, in the, in the first and and almost second season, we were pretty sure when Elliot becomes Mr. Robot and vice versa. Mm -hmm. And now Mm -hmm. it's, now it's quite blurry, just like it is for Darlene. I mean, ultimately they are the same person. I mean, they're different aspects of this personality, but they're both Elliot and I think one of the reasons why Darlene is no longer an ally of him and is kind of afraid of him is because she knows that Elliot at his worst moments or like when he's angry and was in the apartment and is can like become Ro- Mr. Robot without actually becoming him. Um, and like that scene when they're in the Elliot's apartment, you know, he's angry and he feels betrayed by Darlene and he starts you know, getting really close to her and pushing her. Mm-hmm. Um, before that, though, we have Elliot's voiceover. So I feel like we still are, like, with Elliot at that moment. But mm-hmm. aspects of Mr. Robot are kind of seeping in. Um, but, like, when Darlene says that he's hurting her, then if he snaps back to Elliot. So it's really blurry right now. And I think that's part of the reason why Darlene's kind of lost in how to navigate but I think part of it, too, is that she knows better than Elliot that Mr. Robot is the one that's keeping Elliot pulled into this giant mess of stage two. And she even says to Elliot, like, you know, you're not you don't blow up buildings, you don't hurt people or kill people. And I think she's not no longer an ally because now that she's working with the FBI, her biggest fear is losing her brother. Mm-hmm. Like she tells Dom in the bar. Mm-hmm. And she knows, you know, if Elliot gets dragged into this more, she's definitely losing him. So I think now she's trying to pull him away from Robot, who is the one that's dragging him into, you know, this giant mess of stage two. And yeah. Elliot, Elliot is the one who, like, Elliot knows less than Darlene that Mr. Robot is the one who is pulling him down to it. Because, you know, Elliot says that he doesn't understand why he's drawn to it so much when he's in that scene with Darlene in his apartment. He doesn't understand why he's so drawn to keep pushing it forward. But I think it's like because, you know, those late night meetings that he doesn't know about where he's meeting up with Angela and Tyrell and things like that. Um, So it's this weird blurring line of when Elliot is Mr. Robot and Mr. Robot is Elliot that's coming back into the play. And we're also, as viewers, kind of getting lost with it as well. Yeah, it it definitely is one of those. I agree with you that those, those lines have gotten very blurry whereas you know whereas it early, even earlier this season it, it they were there were very like clear breaking points when you know Elliot was present and Mr. Robot was present um but one of the other things that um was very very telling with uh Dom's conversation with with Darlene in the bar was well actually Dom uh, 
let me take that back. Elliot and Darlene's conversations together was the, the vengeance uh, mm. factor. If anything oh. happened uh, to one to one another, that um, you know, even though she still, you know, even though she she's portrayed him as you know working with the FBI, she still wants him to you know avenge her if anything happens to to her. Are, so are they forming the Avengers or the re- <laughs> Revengers? Maybe Revenge. Just Revengers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thor, shout out. I guess, um, the, I guess the Dark Army. Maybe for you know what happened with Cisco and you know just this, you know, uh, their relationship, um, you know, being you know to the point you know diminished or or. You know, getting strained due to due to her working to the F, working for the FBI and, and trying to you know find Terrell for the bureau, mm-hmm. you know, through Elliot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think it's um, I think part of the reason why it's also getting a bit blurred, as you put it, Alyssa, is that um, we know having heard Elliot say it at one point this season is that part of his trigger is Darlene and that's where Mr. Robot resurfaces is when she's around um, because Mr. Robot is also linked so much to his childhood as she is. Um, so so it's it's an interesting um, push and pull that they have going on where they both need each other but um, the reasons why they almost can't reunite as a family is um, because you have um, Mr. Robot resurfacing. Yeah, and there's definitely something off about his childhood that we don't know. You know, like, when we saw... I'm pretty sure... I haven't, like, followed this one down too much, but I'm pretty sure that when we saw the flashbacks of him getting pushed out the window... Mm-hmm. I remember talking about this with someone. It was summertime, but then he's talking to Darlene about it being, you know, when he was building snowman, a snowman. Yeah. So okay. there's something off about... Who got pushed out windows? <laughs> I <laughs> so that's made a big part I mean, of it. Yeah, so I I talked to Will about that same point, mm-hmm. and then I rewatched <laughs> that season two opener, and um, it was actually winter. <laughs> oh, damn it! It's almost like snow? I told my. Yeah. yeah, there was snow there was... in the scene. I, I had to make sure because I'm like, I'm not going to say this and then be wrong about Rabbit it. Hole so shut. Yeah, but it but it's it's interesting how we both made that same mistake of like mm. telling ourselves like, oh, well, that was obviously took place in the summer. And <laughs> yeah, it just made us like our memory um, was distorted from it, um, which actually is and proves another thing theory about the show about memory here we go yeah another another thing with uh darlene we see her torrenting shazam the movie that was the really uh perfect example of the magic with sinbad (laughs) i have personally watched the movie have you I can't provide any photos of it, but it was good. I've definitely watched it. It was yeah. not Kazam with it was Shat. It was it was definitely Sinbad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I liked that little call out. Yeah, I um I have watched that movie too. <laughs> There's definitely a lot of stuff 
false memories going on in their childhood that's definitely causes some tension and rifts between Darlene and Elliot. And we don't know why yet, because Elliot is a horrible, horrible narrator. <laughs> He's unreliable, but that's also part of his charm. <laughs> part of the show's charm, guys. Why are we complaining about it? That's very unreliable. Very, yeah. Just look at where Tyrell is stuck now. Oh. Uh, Tyrell dug his own grave a long yeah. time ago. Jeez. Joanna just beat him to it. That's all. That is oh. all. <laughs> I know. Is that too soon? No. Is that no, like, no. It's, like, just, it's right on top. It's right on top. Okay, it's really Yeah, well, I was the one who wanted to kill you know, Ty- off Tyrell, like, what, a couple episodes ago, so, you know, a couple shows ago. I was like, yeah, let me do this, you know, kill Tyrell, when we were talking about Joanna's death. Um, Alyssa, what is stage two? I mean, stage two is just blowing up the building. <laughs> See, I think... But what building it is now is apparently unclear. Well, I mean... I yeah, I mean, I know, well, it seemed that, originally it seemed it was going to be the backup record center, but... Wasn't there something about it being something else? Wasn't there, like, a downtown off facility, and then... Mm-hmm. Well... Right. Yeah. Well, that was, like, the season two finale. That's what they led you to believe when Tyrell yeah. informed them of the whole plan, but it, it still feels like there's something we're missing about stage two. Yeah. Um, I actually, I, I was, um, when I was preparing for this show tonight, I heard a pretty, um, interesting fact about stage two, and it goes back to how the timetable got moved up because of White Rose, and it was, it was not her decision to move up the timetable for stage two was out of malice against, um, Philip Price. And that's the one time we see that come from her. So there's speculation that potentially if stage two doesn't go according to plan, part of the reason is because for instead of um, sticking to her own timetable, she suddenly changed it on everyone um, because she allowed her personal vendetta to get the best of her. Which I, She wanted I, it to line up with the annexation of Congo being announced. Right. But it was also it it felt much more like also as an an attack against Philip because um, they had that whole showdown, too, about how he wanted. Yeah. Yeah. The the coin. So I I don't know exactly if it if it was originally going to line up with um, the annexation or if. Ah, my my mind just exploded with different <laughs> so I'm not going to even travel much further down that puddle. No, I'm not going to do it. But I don't know. It's just I I a part of, I love White Rose as a character, but um the more she the more everything goes according to her plans, the more I start to wonder like. I just, the more, the less I see of the true, I like flaws in characters. That's what I'm trying to say. Well, so I think her flaw just, is basically trying to use flawed individuals, which Tyrell is now seeing Elliot as. That's a fair point. 
I mean, you know, you know, because one of the things that makes white, you know, that is defines white rose is this precision about everything as far as time, uh, you know, her schedule, you know, her. I mean, everything is like, you know, goes according to what she feels is the the you know, ultimate, you know, her calendar, her plan, and then you throw mm-hmm. this chaotic, you know, character of Elliot who you know can flip between Elliot and Mister Robot. Um, you know, you have Tyrell who will, you know, lose it on the dot, you know, lose it on the drop of a coin and trash every computer in sight <laughs> or everything in sight. Um, you know, you're using very flawed people, uh, to, to, you know, to execute this, this stage two, whatever stage two is, whether it's destroying, you know, all financial records of E-Corp, Evil Corp or, you know, Annex and Congo or, or, you know, whatever a master plan is. Um, you know, it, yeah, I think that maybe has, you know, pushed the timeline forward because, because of that. Um, and, you know, and I don't want to get too ahead into runtime error, but clearly there was, you know, Angela definitely messed up some things as far as what was supposed to happen based on Irving's phone calls. Well, I don't I don't know if it's based off of Irving's phone calls that she absolutely messed up. There's a lot of doubt there if she was able to actually pull it off or not. I don't think she was. Was able was to. Was able to. I don't think she did. I mean, she, you know, I, you know, I know the instructions were in there, but they were anticipating Elliot to be the one who was going to carry that carry things off in Evil Court. And yeah. then she. Let's just jump into runtime error. Yeah. Okay, well. let's just do that. I'm sorry. I, yeah. <laughs> let's just do it. I mean, Go the ahead. instructions were pretty straightforward. I think she did do it. But see, I'm thinking. I know. I know what they trained her on for the femtocell in the last season was pretty much different. But I think it was pretty straightforward for what she had to do. Well, see, I don't. I know there's a lot of speculation about the the which USBs she picked up and stuff, but I'm pretty sure that she took care of it because I looked at the actual instructions too, and they were pretty straightforward. I mean, I know they were straightforward, but at the same time, it, the firing of Elliot, you know, going back to to metadata was, you know, instigated by by her and Tyrell because Tyrell was feeling uncomfortable with what was going on, but. Irving still was under the impression that Elliot was going to be the one to execute the plan. Right. So. Right. Which which makes me wonder because why would you need to have such straightforward instructions written out if you're you intended for Elliot, who has far superior skills than Angela does in hacking to execute this? I think like, why part would you have it, to write it out? I mean, I think part of it goes back to Elliot having some purpose and basically. You know, White Rose making that statement about he can die after it, just like his father. So is that what was in the red wheelbarrow bag at the end of it? Was he given a poisoned burger? (laughs) No. A severed head of his father. (laughs) No, what I'm saying, like, there could be a gun in there. Yeah, I've definitely seen that, that theory. And then, like, oh, maybe Irving called Hamburger Guy and said, oh, shit, call it off. We got to change what's in the bag. I have no idea what's in the bag. I think it could be plenty of things. 
I'm sorry, he's not hamburger guy. He is he is hazmat guy. Hazmat, right. hazmat. A list to Angela of everyone she just killed. I don't know. It's a lot of things I could be in that bag. Well, I guess what I really what I. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it was just ribs showing like Irving's been here all along. Orchestrating things. You take the fun out of all of this show. Jeez, it's just ribs, Sarah. Well, I'm not talking about the ribs, okay? It's just those juicy ribs with a bit of rub and apple cider vinegar. Oh my god. Angela is too clean to eat ribs. Like she'll get it all over herself yeah. <laughs> and she'll get all white. Yeah, she's really I say this all the time. She is super milk toast now in the show. <laughs> but I think that's part of her whole character development. Yeah. Um, so overall, what did you think about runtime error? Um, oh man. I loved it so much. Edge of seat. I love I love those even if it's not really a one take but you know those pseudo one takes. You know mm-hmm. I was I remember when I watched True Detective season one and they had that one take during the yeah. big drug bust. Oh man, I loved that. <laughs> or when we had that one at the end of season two with uh, Mobley and Trenton, which by mm-hmm. the way, can't wait for them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was good. You know, that scene where they're flying over Angela in the room, paralleled, you know, between the wall with all the protesters, mm-hmm. and she just looks like she's on top of the world. Yeah, that was yeah. very cool. That was very cool. I mean, it was yeah. definitely... I was... The episode, like, ended. It, it felt like 15 minutes for me, though. <laughs> I definitely wanted more out of it, but it was good at the same time. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely, like, edge of seat, and I had the same, you know, it was like, no, no, why'd you have to end it now? I want it now. Yeah. That's what I like about Benji, and I could just like go to the next one now, but you know, gotta wait for a week. So, <laughs> yeah, like I said earlier, this is the first episode since season one that I've been this anxious in this like week of waiting. Like I haven't been this anxious for the next episode in a while. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like they managed to break the fourth wall through just purely camera work mm. <laughs> <laughs> where, where as when they would go to handheld, you were suddenly a part of the protest. You were suddenly invading E Corp along with everyone else. And you were, or you were suddenly Angela trying to crack the code, so to speak. And so you just, felt like you were part of the whole action all of the action that took place you felt more part of it than in a different show where they would just do normal camera work and you would still remain um an observer rather than involved in it and so i just i appreciated that so much and i like how the subtlety and a lot of what they did in terms of the storytelling because you start the show with Elliot in the elevator, not realizing that Angela is standing right next to him. And then he has this voiceover play out. And then suddenly she, her dialogue, it was like, Elliot, that's your phone ringing, interrupts the scene. And suddenly she's a part of the shot. And she talks about them getting lunch after work. At the end of the episode, they are, Angela is coming back after, um, after this whole thing blew blew up and she is confronted with Elliot, who you also don't realize is a part of the scene until his 
his um <laughs> he interrupts her like his little like, sprint. Yeah. <laughs> no well well i we'll get to the sprint at another time but i'm talking about at the end where he's like angela we need to talk like that interrupts the shot and then suddenly you get pulled in like he's right mm-hmm. there because you're also not thinking that he's around you're thinking he's still stuck outside but no he's in that in that um meeting and she has the red wheelbarrow bag meaning that she got her lunch so I just I like that circular circular storytelling that they did. Yeah, just wait for him next week to be like, you know, his big reveal. So are we still on for lunch? <laughs> <laughs> and it's very plausible that yeah, that he would say that very thing. I mean <laughs> that's why I don't think that there is a burger in that bag. <laughs> just kind of lunch. Yeah, it's yeah. just lunch. I love I love that first scene in the in the elevator though, because like we all know so much more. Like Elliot does has no idea that he's going to be fired. Angela's totally screwing over mm-hmm. Elliot, but Angela also at the same time doesn't know if Elliot knows that she's screwing him over and getting him fired. It's like this whole big thing in the air. No one knows who knows what. Yeah, <laughs> We're like kind of the only ones who know. Okay, Angela knows this. Elliot doesn't know this. What's going to happen? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's all real it's time. All, yeah. And then you know we have that lovely voiceover too. Like I love. I love when Elliot's in these social situations and he gives those vo- snarky yeah. voiceovers. <laughs> but then I love this one where he accidentally actually, you know, says his voiceover in real time and totally like blasts what's his name, Samir, mm-hmm. next to mm-hmm. him. Which, by the way, finally couldn't stand that guy. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he totally blasts that guy. And then right after that, he's like, "Oh shit, I'm getting fired. I need this guy to help me out." Yeah. Yeah. So. It was, yeah, it's all like social, his social interactions, and social, you know, and, and it's also as he was like working his way through Eva Core and just like misreading people mm-hmm. too. Like, you know, he, he saw the older, you know, technician there thinking that, oh, she's like the perfect, like perfect person for me to use here. And, you know, especially when she's sniffing, sniffing, <laughs> sniffing, <laughs> and she's sniffing that. glue. <laughs> and, 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 and she could. Like, actually, I a really hard enough. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah, it just completely blows up his like, you know, again his 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 thoughts as far as like, oh, this is the easy person. It's actually the you know, I thought that was just you know, again just showing all you know, it reminds us as viewers how Elliot does have the social anxiety and, and social awkwardness of uh, you know of, of the character. Yeah, it's it's funny that you bring up those scenes because those scenes are part of him. In this effort to stay in the building, he tries to act n- mm-hmm. normal and be like everyone else. And um, I like the conference room scene. Oh. <laughs> um, I hope he gets his chocolate donut one time. And But on the reverse, once we're following Angela um, towards the end of the episode, she's um, assimilating to the situation by posing as a society or posing as somebody with security access that she doesn't clearly have. So there's just I like what they did in the terms of everyone that we were following in the building. They all were trying to mask themselves um, to appear like they belonged when really they're the people who should be on the outside. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah I mean, that, that, that was one of the great things, um, uh, you know, about that episode. It just, you know, it really, it really in so many ways captured everything that, 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 that works about this, about this, this show. And, um, you know, it, it's, 
it's one of those things where, um, you know, whenever Elliot and, and Angela find Dick confront each other at, you know, at the end of the end of the episode and well, actually even, even, you know, his confrontation with her, but also the confrontation between Elliot and Darlene out on the street, uh, and, and mm-hmm. dealing with the betrayal and, and, you know, Elliot's response to Darlene's, you know, you know, betrayal of, of him and, and everything, um, it, you know, it makes me wonder, like, you know, how, what, you know, whenever we get to this next scene next week between Elliot and Angela, you know, how much anger or whatever he's going to feel towards her uh, because of her betrayal of him versus what he felt towards, towards Darlene. Screwing him over. Yeah, I mean, they both share this common commonality with like they don't want people to get hurt in this in this situation too, which is interesting. And like Angela has a lot of weird flaws going on, like with her, you know, her mor- moral compass right now. You know, she's really concerned about all these people that are gonna possibly die if the building's not evacuated. But then, you know, she also knows for a fact that giving up that girl, that woman who yeah. caught her's name, she's probably going to die as well. Like this innocent woman that she sold out. So it's interesting how kind of jumbled her moral compass is. And at the same time, like, when we have that final, I mean, that scene with Mr. Robot and Elliot in the um, elevator, mm-hmm. I think, too, like, even Elliot's moral compass is working against himself where... Mr. Robot, whatever he said about that, basically, you know, the whole stage two being inevitable and telling him that, you know, he needs to, like, mitigate harm, he can't totally prevent it, triggered that side of Elliot where he's like, oh, wait, I got to save people. And I think that was an interesting scene, too, because we see Mr. Robot indirectly or maybe directly misdirecting Elliot to get him out of that building. You know, Elliot could have maybe beat Angela to the room with the HSM if he hadn't had that ma- meeting with Mr. Robot in the, ele- and in the elevator when he said, oh, you're going to save these people. And then he goes outside and makes that phone call. So it's interesting, too, to see that, how his own moral compass kind of misdirected him and maybe screwed him over a bit more. <laughs> Is that why at the beginning of that scene, when he um, summons Mr. Robot, like they have the that dialogue point that where it's not really Mr. Robot, but they didn't want to get into that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think. Well, yeah, I don't know if that really was him. I think it was more like, I don't know. It just I I saw that scene as Mr. Robot coming out to try to misdirect Elliot and get him out of the building so that he didn't mess up stage two. Yeah. Because yeah. at that point, Elliot was headed for, I think at least, you know, he saw the failed updates on the, um, you know, the, the console that Dark Army basically tried to work around the patch and failed. And then mm-hmm. I think after that, he was heading up to that 23rd floor to go to the HSM. And then he has that meeting with Mr. Robot where he's reminded that there are these people that could possibly die and that, you know, the hack is pretty much unavoidable at this point so he needs to go outside and make the phone call i think if he maybe had stayed he would have beat angela to do whatever you know everything that she had done Hmm. so that's what i felt the purpose of having mr robot in that scene was you know misdirecting him 
I'm pushing him off course, a.k.a., you know, the course being screwing up <laughs> stage two more. No, I'm just trying to think about what phone call he was trying to make. Because the, one I where he, the one where he goes outside and he makes the call about the bomb threat. Oh, yeah, that's right, oh. yeah. Yeah, Yeah. so I think that, too, is going to play in where Elliot, you know, Angela believes that through Irving that the Dark Army has taken care of evacuating the building. And I think she's going to get fed some misinformation because Elliot, I think, will incidentally have caused the evacuation of the building. But mm-hmm. Angela might read that as Dark Army have do, have having taken care of it. And in that way, she's kind of getting misinformed with the people she's working right. with, but, which enforces her moral compass more to say, okay, this is okay. Yeah. I can keep yeah. doing this. That's kind of interesting, too, because we as viewers won't really know. Like, if Elliot's the reason that the people get saved or Dark Army really did have a plan to evacuate the building, you know, <laughs> who's going to step in first? Yeah, of? I don't think Dark Army could care less about... Who, if people were in the yeah. building or not. I don't buy yeah, I don't Irving. Buy at all. He was, again, you know, goes back to our, yeah. what we said before. He will say what is necessary to get people to, mm-hmm. to finish the job. Yeah, and he says it's been taken care of. You know, that could totally refer to Elliot having made that phone call. Because Irving tends to know a lot about what's going on, a lot more yeah. than we think. And maybe that was the plan. It was that, you know, that they were, you know, working to, you know, anticipating someone... I, particularly Elliot to make, to make that call uh, to mm. to you know to get the authorities to evacuate the building, but or or maybe not. It's just you know maybe it truly was just a coincidence. We're not supposed to believe in coincidences. I know. Well. I know. <laughs> I'm just trying to throw a protocol error in here. That's all. <laughs> Yeah, well, I I mean, when you guys are talking about misdirections, it just makes me think about how the annexation of, um, man, I'm just thinking tonight, um, was played out um, during the course of the whole episode. So you got the UN vote going on in the background. And I like how even at one point the newscaster is like, and we even got a call about how this UN vote is going to be connected to (laughs) E-Corp. That's just yeah. ludicrous. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a crazy one. And so, I mean, there's all of those subtle hints about the, all of the different misdirections going on. Okay, any other thoughts about runtime error? Elliot sprinting down the hall. Yeah. Oh, right, right, of course. Yeah. So, so we're all in agreement that that's him. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, for sure. That haircut, yeah. the backpack the excessively large yeah. backpack. He looks like, you know, he looks like a freshman in high school <laughs> running a class. That's that, that's that Ellie aesthetic. Yeah. So, yeah. For sure. <laughs> I think we, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the clothing, I mean, everything. Yeah. I mean, there was no mask. He was just, you know, running. I guess now the question is, what was he running to? Um, I mean, I'm still kind of in a debate talking with someone about what there is that he could possibly do to undo what Angela just did. And that kind of gets into the specifics of the actual HSM hack. But like I was saying before, after he finally gets on that guy's computer and looks at the, the, um, he sees those failed updates from earlier that morning, like what was it? 6 20 AM or something. Mm-hmm. That's I think telling for, because basically what I was saying is like, if Elliot made 
these patches that would allow them to install whatever firmware update, he also has to know all the ways to get around them. And I think that he knows that this physical hack of the HSM is one of those things. And once he sees those failed updates, he knows that Dark Army is trying and failing, that he knows that that HSM, like the physical hack of the HSM is what's coming up next. And I think once the riots turned into this major distraction, he knew that that was go time for them. Um, So, I mean, I genuinely think that he was just following Angela and kind of confirming that she had taken her role of carrying out the stage two instructions um, and just confirming that for himself. I mean, I think him asking Angela, what did you do is kind of a rhetorical question. Um, or maybe, or could it be I, Mr. Robot? who was actually the one that we saw running to the, to the, to yeah. the room. That's true too. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, I know he's been like, like doped up for several days, but you know, maybe when we saw him triggered in the, in the elevator, when they had that conversation, he managed to work his way back out and, you know, with all of this disturbance going on and being in E-Core, Evil Core, he, you know, Robot basically, you know, did what was what Irving intended for Elliot to do, which was, which was... Know, maybe which he was, went in and saw that she did it yeah, correctly, yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe it was maybe it was Elliot, you know, doing what you know what his original mission was, which is that's what Elliot. I mean, Irving was like, you know, asking Angela, you know, was Elliot there and you know did what he was supposed to do. I mean, I don't think him running back to the room after Angela had done what she did would have done anything. I don't think. I think she. I'm pretty confident she managed to follow the instructions. And at that point, there was nothing really for Elliot to do. And technically speaking, I don't. I'm obviously not familiar with that exact um, hack that they did. If there's something that he could do to undo it, um, or at least prevent any future tampering with the HSM, because that's basically what this hack was allowing them to do, to get around Elliot's patch. Um, Okay. Yeah. So just just so that I'm following all of this correctly, I just want to make sure. So there there's a few different ways to go about this. There's Elliot. Elliot wants to get to the HSM to try to prevent phase two from happening. Or there is Mr. Robot wanting to get to the HSM because he knows about Dark Army's plans or i.e. Irving's plans, and so he knows that there's a task to do. And then there's Angela, who kind of gets placed in the middle of it, where she inter- she receives the package-, package and is instructed to take Elliot there to-, to execute the plan, but because of the chaos that erupts, she takes it upon herself to do that. And so, I, I mean, am I no, following this correctly? She takes... She takes it upon herself because she knows that she, if she asks Elliot to do it now, he's going to say no. I don't. Right. She, right. Didn't, she didn't take it upon herself because she couldn't get to Elliot. Sure, that's part of it, but she could have gotten to Elliot and asked him, and he would have definitely said no. Um, and at that point, after she had done it, the whole Mr. Robot running to the room, I don't think really makes sense because I don't know what there would have been for him to do at that point. 
since Angela had taken care of it. So I'm pretty confident that it was Elliot running to the room. And if anything, bare minimum, just confirming that, you know, the deed had been done, so to speak. Yeah, but, yeah, but why yeah, would Elliot want to wanna, wanna make sure it went right. happened? Oh, as me and Will over just, yeah. so, just so he knows what's going on, because he's trying to undo all of this. And he's trying to be a step ahead and, you know, prevent it all from happening. But That's how all. would he know? I guess I the thing think... is, how would he know? I mean, because he's been in a fog the last four days. Because... Yeah, he couldn't even remember um, the last three yeah. days. Yeah. So okay. how could he know that, you know, Angela was in the room, you know, executing his mission? That's why I was like wondering maybe it was Mr. Robot who was the one who was actually running running in there to do it. Oh, See, that's, that's what I'm saying, is when, the moment that Elliot made that patch to begin with, I think he had to have known that there was this physical workaround ah, for okay, it. Gotcha. You yeah. know, like, part of that, when you're making something like an exploit, is kind of knowing how to undo okay. it, too. Uh, and I think that he knew the moment, like like you said, like I said, those when he saw those failed firmware updates from that morning, I think he mm-hmm. knew that the next step for them would to be to actually do the physical hack of the HSM. And he knew that yeah. was upcoming. Yeah, there's at one point in his voiceover where he mentions trying to get to the mm-hmm. HSM, but then mm-hmm. he gets fired, and that throws a wrench right. in the plans. Yeah. <laughs> and then he sees, and I, then you know he's headed up to the HSM room, and then he confronts Mr. Robot in the elevator, who reminds him that too bad it's happening. There's all these people that are going to die, and you just save them. And then he goes down and makes that phone call. I think in a opposite timeline he could have kept going to the hsm room and totally prevented this all from Mm. happening but his own personality ironically like flips it upon himself and he kind of takes care of things in an order that didn't really make sense he's now trying to mitigate harm rather than completely prevent it gotcha which yeah he wanted to do the opposite he wanted to completely prevent it so you guys know how their alarm system is going off the entire time and it's warning the employees to stay out of the stairwells and elevators. And that's where both Elliot and um, man, Angela wind up at some mm-hmm. points. Just just want to throw that out yep. there like that. So that's cool. Yeah. I like, too, how when, and, uh, when Elliot's running, you know, when he's being about to get fired or is fired and he's running, he's in that stairwell and he has the guy below him who's like they're looking for him but then he also hears that guy above who's like we'll get him but he's actually talking about like a a divorce proceeding or something Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) then like social engineer is that guy to give him the key card because that guy's just so flustered yeah yeah i mean i guess there's just a lot of those like moments like the social engineering moments as you know talked about before with the, the woman sipping blue and grandma's, grandma's shit. Yeah. Shit. And yeah, it's just, you know, those were all like with a steady, you know, one, you know, quote unquote, you know, one take episode, um, you know, they, they really did. It, it did work very well in that. And also just kept it, you know, kept that suspense running through throughout the episode. I think it was there were 31 cuts. I think that's what okay. I read. Yeah. That it was really yeah. seamless. 
and executed yeah. really well. So, all right. Well, that's it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Did you want to go into all those review all those theories? Not anymore, <laughs> Alyssa. <laughs> we all know that I'm anti-sci-fi. <laughs> Yeah, Edward, so is, Edward I, is not alive. Just going to put that out there. <laughs> <laughs> you know who you are. Then tell us who is alive and tell us what your theories that um, you <laughs> believe in are. Oh, right. Uh, what were the ones that we were talking about? Like the simulations and stuff? Yeah, that's all sci-fi. So, um, so there was a... Right, what we were talking about before. Season one, episode eight, Elliot finds all the pictures of his dad on the computer, and then he looks at this Polaroid of his family on his shelf, and this red floppy disk comes spilling out in a very characteristic way. <laughs> and, you know, Sam Esmail, everything has a purpose. Um, I was reading on Reddit, basically, that there's this whole theory that White Rose is constructing this quantum computer to mine all the bitcoins, Ten minutes later, read about how that's all kind of a flop theory, and how these floppy disks instead have quite a role. And this flop, this red floppy disk might actually represent this the wet red wheelbarrow that everything depends upon. Um, and I think I think this is the theory I'm kind of going with now, where this quantum computer that White Rose has been working on for these past thirty years could you know break in contemporary encryption. And, like, get through nuclear codes, you know, control the FBI, power grids. So. Especially if all of the paper records are destroyed. Yeah, and that makes, yeah, I mean, your theory makes total sense if stage two is, you know, is the destruction of all the yeah, paper records, which, makes, I mean, that's, you know, that which yeah. means that seems to still be a major component of stage two, because, I mean, that's what Elliot diverted all those paper, well, fooled the system into thinking that, the papers were delivered, but actually were not. Right. Well, sense with the whole thing where Angela's like, we can undo everything. You know, this whole idea, of, like this quantum computer could technically undo everything, decipher, you know, decipher all the encrypted data. And I remember when I was reading this theory, someone brought up quantum entanglement and how, you know, this instantaneous transmission of data over like a length of space or time is like the idea of hacking time. But all kind of hmm. tied together. Minus the sci-fi. Yeah. So I'm pretty happy with it. <laughs> you had me until you brought up Angela, because that doesn't necessarily make sense to me about how it would undo everything that she needs to have undone. Yeah, I mean, I she was saying that to appeal to Elliot, who wants to undo the hack. But as far as her motivations it would probably mean undoing, you know, her parent, her mom's death. Right. And that, yeah, it doesn't make sense. Then you could probably support that with your theory of like cloning or. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am. I, I like the simulations theory. I think that is pretty fun. I don't know. I don't, I'm not here for like the bringing parents. Yeah. Out of the, the yeah. Don't think. Like people, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, I don't think that. I mean, for me, I don't. I don't know if it's a literal like bringing people back from the dead or whatever, or or, or reversing yeah. things. Um, but I mean, I do think that um, you know, hacking that person's life. I mean, it this 
maybe it's just a way of helping these individuals who, you know, with the, uh, the township, uh, incident move, move forward, um, with their lives. Yeah. It could very well be too that Angela's so sure now that their parents died for a cause, and that's why she's so full fledged yeah, on that's like good point. supporting yeah. this cause. That maybe Elliot will understand that they died for this great cause that just needs to be put in put into play first. <laughs> that could very well yeah, be that's it a very too. good point that I thought of. There's or also maybe the oh, about yeah. oh no no go on we'll stay on this. Oh part. I was I was just. I was just going to say that um, reflecting on Angela in season one, she was very committed in getting justice for her mom. So maybe we're just forgetting about that piece. So this um, this machine will be able to decrypt files that show the true reasons why her mom is dead and she'll she'll get justice for it. So so that I can buy into. I, I mean, I, this reminds me of though the new memory corruption theory that is out there. Now. That, yeah. Well, it's just this one that I'm starting to hear more about, and you even brought it up kind of in a quasi way earlier with the Mandela effect and how people are saying that the supercomputer will help be able Basically, if you get everything digitized and online, then you're going to you not only can decrypt certain things, but you can also corrupt certain things and you can um, change events. Like if our if everybody is just reading online what's going on in the news, then you're going to be somebody can orchestrate in background what you're understanding about what's really happening in the world. And so it's being hijacked. And that's really what White Rose wants to do. She wants mm-hmm. to be. Like, she wants to not only be a puppet master, master of information. Mm-hmm. Yeah, master and of information. In that way, hacking yeah. time, too. Huh. Yeah. And it also relates to Elliot because his memory has been corrupted since day one of the show. And that's why he is an unreliable right. narrator. Yeah. There's also that theory, too, with Darlene that she's going to fake her death in a plane crash. <laughs> She'll be, she'll, she'll hey, be like the, uh, the, people who, the, the people who, yeah, let's we'll get that, skip that it's one. like the people who like disappeared for 50 days in the Pacific Ocean, yeah. <laughs> people really like that theory, though. I can't get behind it. People really like it. No, nah, darling. Just, and I, I remember she's going to assume Dom's ident- identity. I just think, yeah, what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah okay. <laughs> the quote right was, we, we don't need to spend precious time on that. <laughs> <laughs> But do we think that Darlene's going to survive this season? I don't know. I mean, maybe I do. I do know some people who are saying that her staying in Shayla's apartment was like a haunted thing. Mm. You know, that it means that she's <laughs> going to die next. The curse of Shayla is going to bequeath upon her or something. <laughs> Shayla's an angel. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> right, I don't know. Oh, I miss Shayla. I miss season one characters a lot. Yeah. But I mean, I think of the show like after saying what happened with Joanna, you kind of have to worry about yeah. everyone now. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. I think Darlene will somehow survive, but you know, I know you you kind of teased Trent Mobley uh, earlier. So uh, enlighten us. What 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 uh, what theories or what uh, what things are you, are you that that you see out in the in the chatty webs? 
yeah, the return. return. Um, what's so the code names that they took up? Um, Tanya and what's the other one? I'm blanking. I have to look up the name of the, the episode. <laughs> well, uh, Tanya and Frederick. So it's episode seven is titled Eps 3.6, Frederick and Tana, Tanya. And those are the code names uh, that they took up when they moved. So, yeah, I think we're going to be seeing Trenton and Mobley then. I would have Ow. never thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I just, I am not that intact to this yeah. show anymore. <laughs> So all this conversation has made me feel. I'm like, I thought I understood the story, yeah, show, but like I really, really don't. Other. I just no, am abusing That's how season two made me feel. But I think that made everyone feel that way. Wait, how did it make you feel? That I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> well, so. see now, I, well, see, you, but you helped, you helped, because see now, every time I see any kind of, you know, things here, I'm, I'm definitely going to be like, okay, the house is connected to something else. <laughs> I mean, I know the titles usually are, you know, even, you know, are many times dropped within the show. I mean, even Runtime Error, I mean, Elliot said that was like, oh, you know, in there, sure. in show, but. I mean, Legacy is pretty self-forward. Yeah. yeah, even like the file types are pretty interesting, too. Go into a whole thing about that. I mean, metadata, yeah, they mm. dropped that, too. Mm-hmm. Trying to think. Um, there yeah. was even a white rose episode. Yeah. 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 So they're they're constantly doing that. They know how to they know how to plant the clues. We just also there's so much information we're receiving at once that it's hard <laughs> to know. And then it's also hard to trust because you're not sure like if you're following the right clues or if He's you're stepping into a puddle. Yeah. yeah, if you're stepping into a puddle or not. <laughs> I hate stepping into puddles. <laughs> I like my socks dry. <laughs> well, that's why we talk about it. But all right, you guys. So, any other points before we wrap up? No, I think we. I think we really had a lot of different points tonight. Uh, I think. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I think next week is like as Alyssa said. I mean, I can't wait for uh, you know for Wednesday to get here. Yeah, I'm excited. Next week's gonna be a big one, I think. Any theories about what's going to happen? I and that too. That's pretty interesting for me. Like I am very excited, but at the same time, I have no idea what yeah. to expect. <laughs> Usually, like I'll be excited and I'm like, okay, this is going to happen. Really excited to see that or what I think is going to happen. This time, I'm like, I have no idea. Like Elliot could be like, so we're yeah. getting lunch. <laughs> that's it. Well, if he if he says that, yeah. folks, you've heard it here first, Elliot. You know. <laughs> Yeah, right? That's my prediction. No, that's not. I will say, though, I really want to see, like, with this ep- with this season, I do want to see stage two come to light, mm-hmm. or not come to light, at least, before the end of... I don't know if you just heard my, my dog, like, cough. Yeah, I did. 
That was a weird noise. It um, was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surrounded by all three of them sleeping. Um, but <laughs> anyway, um, I really don't want stage two to take place like at the end of the season. I think I'll be pretty disappointed because that's just like slow, too slow. <laughs> like after season two, I need it to pick up. So hopefully we see the resolution of stage two pretty soon. And more, yeah. and more, because I'm I'm also sitting here waiting for not only stage two to come to light, but to figure out more about the things that I hadn't considered while watching the season. Because I feel like with all of their all of their twists, it feels like there's a lot of clues and there's a lot of hints, but there's always something else tied in that you know you didn't predict, and there's just always this this other part of the equation that you're missing, I feel mm-hmm. like. Agreed. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah. I'm excited, too, to see what goes down with Tyrell finding out about Joanna, because I think that's going to come up, too. Yeah. Well, I mean, that can be in season um, four. <laughs> <laughs> with how Delayed yeah. feels. Yeah, I mean, with how they treat Tyrell as a character, all of his payoffs, <laughs> like, are set a, a season delay. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> there was this there was this big theory too about the the giant drug sequence with Elliot was it season 1. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, apparently that that apparently predicted the whole outline of the plot for the whole show. Definitely suggest you read up on that. That was an interesting one. About like the and key what, being passed around and yeah. how Angela yes. currently has the key. Yeah. Yes. And I, I do. Re- I recall finally what you're talking about. It took me all recording. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Alyssa, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you? I like to use Twitter. Um, I mostly retweet a bunch of random stuff, but I mean, I'm on Twitter, so my handle is AVWSMN. Will, are you on yes, Twitter? Yes, I'm on Twitter. You can find me at Will M. Polk. That's W-I-L-L-M-P-O-L-K. And you can find me at S J Belmont, S-J-B-E-L-M-O-N-T. And please follow our crew on Twitter at Scene and Nerd. Friend us on Facebook, but most importantly, rate, subscribe, and comment on both iTunes and SoundCloud. You can also find us on the CastBox Android app. Great app. Okay. The great app. I've never used it before, but I'm sure it's lovely. But I always get excited when I can pronounce it correctly. Past box. Yeah. Good app. Isn't there and another app that yeah, we're all, yeah. we're all tuned also, in now? Overcast. I, I think Overcast will show it too if you're on iOS. We're on a lot of different things. Just go and find us. How about that? <laughs> I miss that overcast app, but because now I'm on Android, but I do like Castbox is a good app. So, good night, geek out. You're welcome.